Power the Future presents the Your Fracking Welcome podcast. Each week, Rick and Larry take you through the latest news you need to know to take on the eco-left. We're proud to stand with our country's energy workers who get the job done every day. And to all those greenies out there, we say, you're fracking welcome. Now, here's Rick and Larry. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good happy Monday to you. This is Rick Whitbeck, uh, the Alaska State Director for Power of the Future. Welcome you to this week's edition of the Your Frackin' Welcome podcast. And as always, I'm joined uh, by the Western States Director. You have to give him multiple states to try to make up for the uh, square square area of Alaska. Larry Barons, you have what? Uh, California, New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, Nevada. Heck, you could even add Texas in there and it doesn't quite add up to the square, the, the acreage of Alaska. I think that gets us to about a quarter, if I'm not mistaken, right? A quarter. <laughs> those together you're probably even with me man but uh welcome welcome to the show this week uh lots lots to talk about as we approach 30 what 35 30 35 days tomorrow crazy it is it is the election you know it seems like we've been in election uh mode since uh around 2016 but uh, obviously um a lot is going on it's coming from all directions here and energy is Front and center on the candidates here in New Mexico. I'm sure it's front and center up your way as well. Absolutely it is. You know, I had an opportunity last week to send out my uh, monthly email to all of our state followers here in the state of Alaska. And I I sent it out, Larry, when we had 40 days to go. And I want to just talk about that email for a second, if I could, because as our listeners and and the people that follow the Your Fracking Welcome podcast know, what we do at a state level is really just advocate – like we do nationally for energy workers, energy worker opportunities. But I wanted to focus on the numbers four and zero as we were at 40 days last week. Um, we are in the middle of or, or this week. Tomorrow will be the last of our four weeks of having Congressman Don Young and uh, U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan on the Power of the Future Energy Hour. And for anybody that wants to listen to that, we're going to talk about mining in the state of Alaska and across the nation. You can uh, grab it at uh, 9 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Alaska time on 1020kvnt.com. That's 1020kvnt.com. Um, we've, uh, we've also on our SoundCloud page had the first three weeks on that. Why is that so important? Because the congressman, who, by the way, is the longest serving member uh, in the House, he has been there. Uh, he is, well, let's put it this way. He's going for his 25th re-election to uh to Congress. So he's been there a long, long time. Um, But Congressman Young uh, is an outspoken advocate for resource development across this country, certainly here in the the great land. Um, And Senator Dan Sullivan, who is also running for re-election, used to be the the commissioner for the Department of Natural Resources up here in the state of Alaska. And he is like one of the the leading voices on resource development uh, for our state for the last couple of decades. So Having those two gentlemen uh, join me on the Energy Hour for the last four weeks has been a has been a treat uh, to talk to them about different types of, of energy policy, energy process, energy projects, and uh, just get their their input. And again, we'll finish up uh, the four week series tomorrow night on the Energy Hour as we talk about mining across the country and bringing American mineral security back to uh, to to our country and away from countries that really don't have a a big love for us. And uh, then the number zero, the number of credible attacks from ENGOs 
and the eco-extremists up here in Alaska. That's right, zero. But they keep trying. They, uh, they joined uh, 15 states joined to sue the Department of uh, Interior to try to stop Anwar development within the last two weeks. Um, there were some underhanded and potentially illegal recordings made uh, about executives by, uh, with the Pebble Mine. And although uh, it did get the, the CEO to resign under some um, less than great circumstances, that hasn't stopped the mine's process from moving forward. And then um, one of Alaska's most notorious ENGO joined the effort to overhaul Alaska's tax policy and uh, stick it to uh, the industry that provides over a quarter, almost a third of all private sector jobs in Alaska. And Larry, that's why you and I exist, along with Daniel Turner, from a power of the future standpoint, is to fight back and push back against the uh, the eco idiots who want to put uh, jobs at risk and, and put future opportunities uh, uh, threaten future opportunities. Absolutely. And the number, we've talked about them here before, Rick, but I mean, in New Mexico, it's 39, sometimes over 40% of our state budget comes from the energy industry. And that was forefront in elections here in New Mexico. Just yesterday evening, we got our first debate in the hotly contested Congressional District 2 race here in New Mexico. It is represents part of New Mexico that is not the only, but the strongest part so far of our energy production over the last couple of years. And it has been represented since 2000. 2018 by Democrat Social Taurus Small, <clears throat> who narrowly defeated uh, the Republican challenger, even though the district went uh, plus 10 for President Trump. And so obviously that is a seat that Republicans were looking to pick up. And so energy is front and center on that. Uh, former state representative Yvette Harrell has accused Social Taurus Small of voting against uh, fracking, uh, voting for fracking bans, even though, you know, the current congressman says, no, that's not the case. But let's get down to what they did say at the debate last night. And more importantly, what wasn't said. At one point, uh, Congresswoman Torres Small, Democrat, was asked if she is going to vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, if she's going to vote for the ticket of her own party. No answer. And when it was pointed out that there was no answer, she hid behind the debate rules and said, no, 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 uh, you're not allowed to ask a question rebuttal. She dodged the question twice as to whether or not she was going to vote for her own party standard bearer. Now, later on in the debate, she did, I think, realize during the debate that that is just going to look silly if she won't even take a position on Joe Biden. But it speaks to where she is in this situation because... In her answer, she talked to what weighs most heavily on her. And I'll give you a hint what it is. It's energy. She said, uh, to answer the question, I will be voting for Joe Biden, but I don't support what he wants to do with oil and natural gas. Now, let's be clear. That is a keystone part of the Biden's campaign proposal. It is not, it's not something that is off the table that they might do, that they're thinking about doing. That is something that they have put front and center. And so, you know, New Mexico voters will decide if they can separate whether or not social tourists small personal support for Joe Biden and the fact that his energy plan would devastate New Mexico if that is uh, a liability for her. But I can tell you the fact that she dodged the question twice and then when she finally answered it, put a caveat of energy, I, I would argue, and, and I, I, I've looked around, not too hard, but I've looked around a little bit, I am looking for a single House Democrat in Congress 
who has not said they will vote for Joe Biden. I think Socho Torres Small was probably the last in the country to begrudgingly admit she would vote for him. And it doesn't um, absolve the eco-left uh, concerns that people have in New Mexico for Representative Social Torres Small, because you and I have talked about the Energy Transition Act here in New Mexico a bunch. It is an aggressive renewable portfolio standard that has been dubbed New Mexico's mini Green New Deal. State law didn't have anything to do with being passed in Congress. However, Representative Torres Small is also married to Representative Small. He is a state legislator from Las Cruces, and he was the primary sponsor of the Energy Transition Act. So she may want to be walking the Biden tightrope on energy for, you know, Green New Deal and other things. But when it comes to the mini Green New Deal, her own husband sponsored the bill. And so you can easily presume she supports it. And no doubt the Energy Transition Act is killing jobs and is going to raise electric rates in New Mexico. And so the walking of the tightrope for Biden, voters will decide if that is the right thing to do. But she is trying hard. And I think we finally got some indication as to why she has been so hesitant to endorse uh, former Vice President Biden. Yeah, you know, whether it's uh, Representative Torres Small or the people running uh, up here in Alaska against uh, Congressman Young and, and Senator Sullivan, everybody's like, well, you know, maybe Biden doesn't really mean that he's going to damage, in, you know, Alaska's and New Mexico's energy the way that he says he is. But but make no mistake, right on the Joe Biden.us uh, website under their policies, it says on day one, we will do the following by executive order. In other words, we're not even going to wait for Congress because we don't care. We're going to, number one, close ANWR forever. Number two, ban fracking on, uh, on federal lands and, and, and offshore uh, opportunities. What? Like, how many people is that going to put at risk of losing their jobs across America? Forget about just New Mexico and Alaska. That's what we tend to focus on a lot here on this show. But Larry... There's no ambiguity on the Biden website. So anybody who's backing that type of, uh, of aggressive, crazy notion as far as energy jobs is taking a risk with, with people's lives and livelihoods. Absolutely. And we talked a little bit about it last week. One of the things that they may try to throw out there is states seeking waivers from Biden. Right. Keep in mind, we only have nine years to save the earth, but give me a five-year waiver uh, so I don't have to be under the Biden energy plan. These are his own supporters that are saying this because they want to have the rhetoric, but distance themselves from the reality of what their plan and policies would do. And speaking of the reality, New Mexico, as we sit here today in late September of 2020, ranks number six in the nation for unemployment in the country. We have not had unemployment in the double digits since the early 1980s. It is, you know, the, the farthest back I could see on our employment rate was 1976. This is the highest unemployment rate we've had in that time. And so over 40 years, we are currently in the highest unemployment here in New Mexico. And I can hear the voices shouting at their mobile phone saying, pandemic, pandemic, totally understand. There's no doubt the pandemic has been part of that. But when you look at the fact that your state is ranked number six, every other state in the country has dealt with the pandemic. 
and for some reason, they seem to be doing a much better job of getting their citizens back to work. And so today, Power of the Future, and I'm talking about Monday the 28th, joined with two other groups to call for the governor to share in the pain. Over 100,000 New Mexicans are unemployed as we sit here today. The state has run out of money for its unemployment fund and is now working off of federal loans to keep those unemployment checks coming. And that is going to lead to nothing but a tax increase. We called on New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham to forego her own paycheck until New Mexico at least gets out of the top 10. In other words, the state only has to rank, has, only has to have the 40th worst unemployment. And we would agree she should get paid if they can do that. So we're going to see if the governor's office responds to that. And let's be honest, people will say, well, that's joking. It's a gimmick. It is dead serious. There are over 100,000 New Mexicans who are struggling to survive. Energy workers, small business owners, employees, and they are living paycheck to paycheck from unemployment that is now more tedious than ever because our state continues to be locked down and that continues to hurt the demand for energy products. Our state needs to safely open back up. And it's no secret when you look at the bottom 10 states, those are states that are heavily locked down. And so we're going to call on that. And we're going to continue to say, you know what, she shouldn't get a taxpayer funded paycheck while so many New Mexicans aren't getting theirs. Yeah, you know, Larry, that's that's uh, horrible news there that, that what you guys are going through. We're certainly not uh, too far out of the bottom 10 ourselves with uh, our tourism industry absolutely gutted this, this summer, um, our fishing down um, and then, of course, the impact to our energy workers, whether it be on the slope, uh, North Slope or elsewhere. But we did get some some good news here over the weekend. Uh, late Friday afternoon, uh, President Trump announced via Twitter, quote, based on the strong recommendation of Senator Dan Sullivan and Representative Don Young of the great state of Alaska, it's my honor to inform you that I will be issuing a presidential permit for the A2A, the Alberta to Alaska Railway. Congratulations to the people of Alaska and Canada. Now, this is a project that envisions a, a rail line between Alberta and the tar sands uh, oil fields all the way to tidewater here in south central Alaska. It's a $17 billion construction budget, uh, about $14 billion in, in Canada, $3 billion here, but it will allow um, resources to get to tidewater since there have been so many problems getting Canada's oil. Um, to BC or, or elsewhere along the West Coast because of all the eco-left uh, eco um, fights that they've had to go through. Now, that doesn't mean a, a ton for American energy. It will add some jobs on the railway. But let's be serious. Anything that we can do as Americans to help um, lessen demand or, or lessen um, uh, influence from OPEC nations, from Russia, and from outside of North America is a good thing. And again, it will add jobs. It's uh, it's going to allow for mineral transportation and someday maybe even passenger transportation along that line. So thanks to President Trump, Senator Sullivan, Congressman Young, um, great news on the on the on that front. And uh, we're going to have Mead Treadwell, who is the uh, the chief executive officer of the A2A Alaska side on the Power of the Future Energy Hour here in about three, four weeks to talk about that project. Fantastic. Well, it's hard to believe 
but we're already out of time. Energy moves fast uh, in Alaska and New Mexico and across the country. And so it is time to wrap it up for this week. But don't fret. I'm sure there'll be more news. I'm sure there'll be more to talk about. And lo and behold, we'll be back next week. So, Rick, until then, I'm anxiously waiting till we get to talk again. Sounds good. You got it, Larry. And for all the eco uh, eco idiots out there who think that they are winning, oh, we got something to tell you. If it wasn't for the energy world out there, you wouldn't be able to say we wouldn't be able to say to you, "You're fracking welcome." That's it for this episode of "You're Fracking Welcome," brought to you by Power the Future. Check us out online at powerthefuture.com or on Twitter at PTF New Mexico and PTF Alaska. In the meantime, make sure you tell your favorite radical environmentalist, you're fracking welcome.